Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. I'm Dr. Joe Galati, and thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Now, today's installment is really a treat for me. The guest that we have is Bob Delaney. You may have heard of Bob. He's one of these Renaissance men that has really done so much for so many people. And his career started off, he grew up in New Jersey, in Patterson, New Jersey, And he eventually made it to the New Jersey State Police. He was a, I I guess, a a state trooper. I don't know if they differentiate state police versus state trooper. But he was in law enforcement in the state of New Jersey. And after a short while, he was selected to be part of an undercover operation headed up and originating from Washington with the FBI to go undercover and infiltrate the mob. And so he became part of a faux shipping company, a trucking company, did that for three years and was able to infiltrate and break up organized crime. Now, if that wasn't enough, he then went on to a 25-plus year career as an NBA official, as a referee. And during that time, certainly while he was undercover, he tells the story of how he developed post-traumatic stress. And he learned about it. He shared his experience. He talked to people, became very involved in this area, traveled the world, became involved with first responders, fire, police, got involved with the military, Department of Defense, And really traveled the world sharing his firsthand experience with this. And he has written several books, one on his uh, mob undercover experience and another one on living in the shadows, his first installment of a book on post-traumatic stress. And the most recent book is titled Heroes Are Human, The Lessons in Resilience, Courage, and Wisdom from the covid front lines. And he ties all of his experience together and talking about the resilience, the courage, the stress and trauma that those on the front line in dealing with COVID patients uh, have been exposed to and lessons that have been learned. And it was uh, really a great interview. Now, I this interview took place as part of the Sirius XM radio program that I do once a month on the Catholic channel, channel 129. And so as you're listening to it, I did bring in some of Bob's upbringing in New Jersey at his Catholic parish and the Catholic 
overtone. So whether you're Catholic or atheist, whatever your religion, it's certainly applicable and really enjoyable. So without further ado, here is Bob Delaney. And of course, pick up a copy of his book. It really is a very nice book, well-written, very informative and insightful. Heroes Are Human by Bob Delaney. And here's Bob. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, thanks very much for all of you joining us on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM Channel 129. The name of the program is Your Health First, putting faith and health together for a better you. And if you want to find out a bit more about me, follow along with what I do, both on the radio and in the clinic and the hospital here in Houston. Our website is drjoegalati.com. And of course, sign up for our newsletter and all of our social media links are there, drjoegalati.com. Well, as I was saying earlier in the program, it is a real treat to have our next guest on the radio here on the Catholic Channel. You may know his name, Bob Delaney. He is a former... New Jersey State Police Officer, undercover. He's got a marvelous story about the undercover work he did in the 1970s. He then went on to become an NBA referee. I don't know how that connection took place, but we'll hear about that from from Bob. And over time, what he has learned from all of these experiences, he's become an internationally respected and known figure in the field of post-traumatic stress, trauma, and self-care. Bob, it is a real pleasure to have you on the Catholic Channel today and join our audience. Doctor, my pleasure. Good to hear your voice. Well, thanks very much. And um, I must say, uh, for starters, raised in, now was it Patterson, New Jersey that you grew up? Yes, Patterson, New Jersey. Patterson, New Jersey, Irish Catholic. Tell us about your upbringing with your family and Patterson, and the role of the Catholic Church as a kid. What what uh, parish did you belong to back then? Yeah, so I, I grew up um, in, in Patterson, New Jersey, as we've said, and uh, I went to St. Mary's Grammar School in Patterson. I went to Newman Prep High School and in, in just outside of Patterson, New Jersey. Um, as a kid, you know, my whole world existed around St. Mary's Grammar School. Right. The high school was right next to it, and the church was about three blocks down the street. So um, that whole area became my entire life, because that's where your whole focus, all your friends, all your family members. So you were at that same location, Monday through Friday, maybe on a Saturday, but definitely on a Sunday. So, you know, it, it was maybe about a mile and a half from my house, but uh, that walk uh, was made every day. And, and, and those three or four blocks, I learned about life as, as a young young boy. Yeah. And, um, the Catholic Church had a great influence on my life. Yeah. And I think so many of us, I know for me at our parish on Long Island, St. Raphael's, everything evolved around the church. You went to school there, you played Little League, your friends, music, you went to church with your family, you got all your sacraments there. 
So the, the church really was the nucleus for all that we ended up doing once we left the proverbial nest, uh, in, in a sense. Now, Bob, you know, you, you were, uh, I'm, I'm a big sports fan and, uh, of course, NBA, and you're legendary in the, the officiating world there. But a lot of people do not know the backstory of your New Jersey State police work and the undercover. You wrote a book uh, several years ago, Covert, My Years Infiltrating the Mob. And then from there, it seems that with the personal stress and struggles that you went through in the aftermath of that, you wrote a second book, Surviving the Shadows, A Journey of Hope into Post-Traumatic Stress. Tell everybody a little thumbnail of that story and the journey you were on that part of your life. Yeah, Joe. So I'll go quickly. I know we have limited time. Um, so I hope that uh, folks can cut through my New Jersey accent and understand what I'm talking about. But um, I, so I followed in my father's footsteps. He was a New Jersey state trooper. Uh-huh. And I had no interest as a kid to want to follow that. And then in my junior year of college, I was playing basketball. I, I realized the NBA would not be calling. So like the players, I came out early, but I took the test for the state police, and I left in my senior year. And um, back then, it was a heck of a gig. That organization was founded by Colonel H. Norman Schwarzkopf, the father of the famed General right. H. Norman Schwarzkopf. Storm and Norman. Course. Yes. And um, so we lived at the stations back then. We were local. Uh, we were we were police officers for towns that didn't have their own police department as well as doing the miles and smiles on the highway. Right. And um, so I was at Flemington, then I went to Newton, I was Somerville. Somerville, I came in after two days off, and there was a note in, in, in my um, little cubby hole that they try to make like it's your own little office in the squad room, and it said, call Lieutenant Jack Liddy, Division Headquarters, Criminal Investigation Section Organized Crime Bureau. Joe, this guy had more titles next to his name than I ever saw. Sure. And it's not common for a general road duty trooper to get a call from division headquarters. And, and I tell folks, I grew up Irish Catholic. That means I wake up guilty in the morning. I thought <laughs> I did right. something wrong. I thought I had a problem on my hands. And the other trooper said, relax, kid, give the guy a call. I did. Long story short, he interviews me. I become a, a, one of the undercovers for a project that is uh, started by the President's Organized Crime Town task force out of washington dc the fbi new jersey state police we start our own trucking company on the waterfront new jersey wow. i become the president of the trucking company and informant becomes the vice president the other trooper becomes my driver bodyguard the fbi we have fbi guys are doing the truck work we have a viable trucking company that's holding for frigid freight company which was a genovese controlled um company and that becomes three years of my life and as a result I go through post-traumatic stress, and the only thing that made sense to me was getting back on a basketball court. I played from my CYO days. I played Little League. I, I, I played high school and college basketball and baseball. The game of basketball has boundaries and rules. I was on a street that had no rules and no boundaries, and that provided me an inner peace. Right. And one thing led to another. I never thought I'd leave the state police. I, I, I would referee. I figured at the college level, maybe, if I got fortunate. I, I was refereeing a summer pro league down at the Jersey Shore Summer Pro League in, in, in Belmar, New Jersey. And in the stands was Daryl Garrison, the director of officials for the NBA. Uh -huh. He came out of the stands, asked if I was interested. One thing led to another. 
and uh, in 1987, he hired me into the National Basketball Association, where I was an NBA referee for 25 years. And then I spent six years in management um, as vice president, referee operations, director of officials. I tell folks, when you're going through difficult times, find what gives you an inner peace. Basketball was my therapy. Right. Now, you, you then made that leap to really becoming an expert and a, and a, and a spokesperson uh, one who inspired people regarding stress and trauma. You you turned your own uh, problems outward, in a sense, to help others that were in need. And and I think I found a a quote by Galatians: "Is carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ." So, in a sense. We are supposed to work with others to get through their burden, their trials and tribulations, their stress, their trauma. And that is exactly what you did. So tell us how you made that transition and the world you traveled spreading this word, in a sense, to many, many across the globe. I didn't realize what was going on. I had such an anger level inside of me after I finished doing the undercover work. Uh, there were threats on my life. There was all kinds of issues going on. Sure. And um, I wanted to become a student of what was taking place inside of me. And uh, through the help of a lot of other folks, um, I was able to look inward and find this upheaval that was going on. I used to call it emotional roller coaster. I would call it emotional violence that was taking place inside of me. And um, the more that I became a student of it, and the more I was willing to speak about what I was feeling, the the better I felt. And so I was doing it with law enforcement, firefighters, first responders. Then uh, the military tapped me, and I would go to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I share, and I'll share with your audience as well, Joe, I, I ask people, Imagine I have the biggest balloon in the world that, mm-hmm. that I'm holding on to. How do I get the air out? I can take a pin and pop it. We get the air out, but we don't have a balloon anymore. I can let it go. It flies all over the room. It goes out the back door. We don't know what happened to the balloon. But if we're patient and willing to listen to sounds we do not want to hear, it may even hurt our ears. Mm-hmm. We let a little air out of time. Eventually, get all the air out of the balloon, and we can use that balloon again one day. That's us with trauma. We need to release what is inside of us. And how do we do it? My belief is peer-to-peer conversations. Speaking with someone who has gone through a similar experience in a safe environment, because if I tell you my story, I give you permission for you to tell me your story, and then we validate each other's feelings. And so what you just referred to, that, that's community resilience. It comes by taking care of each other. I, I, I go back to what we talked about with St. Mary's uh, Catholic Church on Union Boulevard in Patterson, New Jersey. Right. There was a resiliency that took place in that church from the time I was a little boy. I had a community that cared for me. That showed up the rest of my life. Many of those people showed up the rest of my life. So those are the kinds of things that I think what you described as your background with Little League teams and all right. We come from that, and that helps create a resiliency inside of us. You know, that, that is true. And, and the one thing, now your latest book, which I, I don't even think I got to, is, this is a great title, Heroes Are Human, Lessons in Resilient, Resilience, Courage, and Wisdom from the COVID Frontline. So you go from undercover 
police work, busting up the mob with the FBI. You become a ref. You tour the world talking about post-traumatic stress. And here you are on the front lines of COVID. Really, to me, I think, it is taking your 35 to 45 years of life experience, probably starting at St. Mary's, and rolling it out to a current day really significant trauma situation that so many of us have gone through. Speak to that, Bob, how, how that came into your head. Joe, one of the things I knew is that um, when I drove by hospitals and I saw signs that said heroes work here, right. I know that anyone that's given that title doesn't feel like one. I was told I was a hero, I was a tough guy, yet people didn't see me at 2 o'clock in the morning pushing shower curtains back or feeling like a hypocrite because I had high levels of fear. Right. And it took me a long time to understand this, but courage is not absent of fear. Courage takes place despite the fear that you feel. And so it drove me to say those in the healthcare community are at war with an invisible enemy. Right. I have been working with troops in Iraq and Afghanistan who are at war on foreign soil. And I saw parallels being drawn. And I wrote an article in August of 2020 in the Tampa Bay Times predicting a wave of post-traumatic stress and potentially worse. And we're starting to see an uptick in suicides within the healthcare community that this is a conversation that needs to be had. It's not a story about COVID. It's a story about those who serve us right. and who are willing. And what I've come to learn is that our healthcare community are tremendous at taking care of us. They're not very good at taking care of themselves. So we need to honor them, thank them, and support them in helping them understand self-care does not mean selfish. It's okay to take care of you, too. Right. And, you know, one, one point that you bring out when you speak and things that you've written about is that you, you want to demedicalize this whole post-traumatic stress syndrome scenario. It may not need another prescription or two prescriptions to get through this. And you, you keep going back to the community, a safe space. We mentioned St. Mary's in, mm-hmm. in, um, in, in a very caring way, but there's so many St. Mary's across the country. What role did your Catholic upbringing, what role did St. Mary's play in where you're at now and, and trying to digest all that you've been through. What was that faith foundation that you, you pivoted off of? Yeah, I, I've seen this in war zones as well. You know, um, soldiers uh, going into war zones uh, at the kickoff point when we'd be in Kuwait, they would be with the uh, chaplains reading the Bible, um, getting themselves understanding that what they're about to undertake is something so much bigger than themselves, and yet they are in danger. And so I think what all that we're talking about is when people go through difficult times, you need to, I, I break it down to resilience into three segments. It's a confrontation to the reality of what's taking place, but I use the word carefrontation. We carefrontate because we have to find out what's taking place, and then there's a search for meaning. And what I mean by that is, while we all have our own religious beliefs, there's a strong spirituality to resilience. And the third part is flexible, innovative, and adaptive, I call it FIA. And what's important is 
that we, we tap into that spirituality, that we tap into uh, our, our religious beliefs and, and take comfort in those in knowing that the, that's what's going to help us through this. The reason I called that second book Surviving the Shadows, mm-hmm. I believe we all have shadows in life. And, um, but I, I say to folks, never be afraid of a shadow, because in order for a shadow to exist, there has to be light nearby. Brilliant. So it's our yes. responsibility to ourselves and to each other to get to that light. Yeah, that is that is so true. You know, again, in your meeting, both the lay public, the communities around the country and around the world, what is your sense for the number of people or the amount of people that are sitting at home? They may be listening to the radio today on the Catholic Channel, and they're in pain and they don't quite know where to go. I would say, I would agree, as a physician of 30 plus years, I am hesitant to throw a drug, a pill at the problem and that we have to have this community. And of church, and of, and of course, the, the church community is, is a great outlet. But how big of a problem is it that people sort of the silent majority. How many people are sitting at home really in pain, experiencing stress, trauma? And another great quote from you is, not all wounds bleed. Right. So what? where do you think that the state of where we are right now? Yeah, not all wounds bleed, and invisible wounds cut as deep as the wounds we do see. Dr. Malika, uh, Dr. Richard Malika is the director of the Harvard Global Mental Health Trauma Recovery Program. I, I'm involved with that group. I've been a student of his. And uh, he has a very simple statement. He says, trauma is inescapable in life. And what a true statement. We all are susceptible to trauma. Those who serve are in the higher risk group because the military, firefighters, first responders, law enforcement officers go to trauma. Those who, who serve in our healthcare community, trauma comes in the front door of the hospital to them. Um, but the, every person is a, a car accident, is, is right. a trauma. Um, a family getting news of cancer, a, a hurricane down in Florida. These are traumatic events. And so that's where the spirituality and, and that resilience comes. We hear it so many times that people turn to their faith. They turn to, turn, turn to God in, yes. in these situations. That's a big part of who we are with resiliency. I, I as you said earlier, I, I believe we've over-medicalized this. This sure. has been around forever when we talk about post-traumatic stress. Right. After the World War, after the Civil War, we called it soldier's heart. World War One, we called it shell shock. World War Two, we called it battle fatigue. Then it, in Vietnam, the Korean Wars, it was referred to as flashbacks. Now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. And when we went to this, in 1980, I think we over-medicalized it. It doesn't mean we, uh, please don't interpret that I'm saying we don't need the medical side of the house, we do. But we also scare people away and we are misusing this term. Uh, folks, we do not get PTSD if Starbucks gets our order wrong. <laughs> I mean, but people use it so freely as if it's just, post-traumatic stress disorder is a diagnosis. But I think that there is post-traumatic stress before it becomes a disorder. But I also like to think of it this way. PTG, post-traumatic growth, PTSD, post-traumatic stress development, PTSD, post-traumatic stress injury. Look at it in those terms and think about how you overcome all those other things. This is something that we overcome as well. You know, the amazing thing about the human body, just talking about the 
bones and muscles and the, and the cells. It has been shown that when our body is stressed, it actually, there's, there's a fine line of too much stress can literally kill you. But mm-hmm. if, if you have stress in your body, it makes our metabolism work better. It, it's quite amazing. So to your point, the stress that we have, turn it into a positive and grow from it. That really yep. is, is the key thing here. You know, the last, the last point to sort of wrap up here, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of things. Another, another quote from the Bible from, from Proverbs, whoever closes his ears to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be heard. So I look at this, Bob, to say we have to help each other. The person that is maybe in your house, sitting at work next to you, the neighbor next door, whoever it may be that we know, somebody in our, our family, friend, a coworker, a distant relative, they may be suffering. I do think it is our responsibility, a responsibility that I would think Christ and the church would want us to accept to extend that hand to help. In a situation like this, where so much of this is invisible, we need people to stand up. I'll give you the last minute here, Bob. What What do you think? Yeah, Joe, I, you, you said it so well. You know, uh, I, it, it took me a while to understand uh, that I had to go through that undercover experience and go through the traumas that I experienced in order to be in a position to help people. Well, you know, God puts us in spots. We are where we're supposed to be at every step of our lives. Right. And uh, those experiences, while I thought it was just about putting away bad guys, really has given me the opportunity to travel the world to help a lot of good people understand about trauma and how they can help themselves and help each other. And so my hope for you and, uh, and all of your listeners is that you stay healthy, you stay safe take care of one another, and take care of you too, understanding that self-care is not selfish. It's okay to take time for you to make to help you become the best person you can be, right. because in doing that, then you make the world a better place. All right. Well, that is, on that note, we have been, it's such an honor, Bob Delaney. He is the author of numerous books, but the most recent one we want to talk about is Heroes in Humans, Lessons in Resilience, Courage, and Wisdom from the COVID Front Lines. The best way to get information on Bob is DelaneyConsultants.com or the book website, which is HeroesAreHuman.com. Bob Delaney, we have to catch up again, and thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Joe. Stay safe. All right, that was Bob Delaney, author of Heroes Are Human Lessons in Resilience, Courage, and Wisdom from the COVID Front Lines. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.